888-835-2414. This is Blogging with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Blogging with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Summer from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. In today's interview on episode 354, I'm on the line with none other than Mazarin Trace, CEO of Wild Woman Fundraising, a national fundraising and career coaching company. She loves working with nonprofit leaders, writing fundraising plans, direct mail, e-newsletters, and copy for online fundraising. She also loves helping people move on up, get higher salaries, and lead more effectively. She's the author of the five-star rated Get the Job, Your Fundraising Career Empowerment Guide, and it, she's a nonprofit leader and has co-founded a nonprofit as well as worked in increasingly responsible fundraising roles. For 10 years, millions of people have learned how to fundraise on their blog, wildwomanfundraising.com, and she has trained over 16,000 people and helped nonprofits. So we're going to be talking about how to use blogging to grow your nonprofit. Mazarin, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm so excited that you're on here today because I've had a number of people come to me and say, hey, you know what? I'm in the, the nonprofit space. What can blogging do for me? And there's always this assumption of, you know, blogging, uh, it's not really the thing if you're doing nonprofit organizations. So I, I think we have you on here as like the myth buster today. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to tell people how to grow their nonprofits with blogging. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. So I want to kind of go before the blog. Where were you? Uh, what were you doing? that kind of led to you even starting this blog? So I was working as a development officer, which means fundraising officer at the Urban League and um, in Portland. And at, in the downturn of 2009, I lost my job and I was really feeling stuck. And so I moved to Austin, Texas because I heard there were more jobs in Texas. And while I was there, I decided, hey, I'm going to start a blog and start talking about how to fundraise because I don't want to lose all this knowledge that I've gained over the last several years working full-time in fundraising and having co-founded a nonprofit. And it didn't really seem to be like a, a fun blueprint on how to do it. And as I started learning about blogging and how to build my business with blogging, I started getting all these opportunities that I never would have gotten before because it, it's a whole, it was a whole new world out there, you know, 10 years ago. So, okay. So you, 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 you get, you lost this job, you moved to mm -hmm. Texas um, mm -hmm. and you started to, you, you decide to start this blog on fundraising. Um, mm -hmm. You'd been learning. Well, uh, what made you decide, like, why blogging? Because, I mean, there's so many things that you could do, um, especially with your experience. So why, what was it about blogging or how did you make that decision to even get into that? I majored in writing in college and I always thought it was a super useless skill. Like who's going <laughs> to pay you to write? <laughs> but actually I am getting paid to blog now, not just through my own blog, but other places. 
Um, and I was really looking for a way to be creative with the skill that I felt was my most strong skill. Okay. Um, and I also had a ton of time because I was on unemployment. And so <laughs> I, I wanted to get known as someone who was good at fundraising because I was and I am. And so I thought, well, I read the, the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss way back in the day. And oh, I that'll thought, do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're like super like motivated after that, right? Like I could do four hours a week. And so I, I already had a, a book in mind that I wanted to write. And so as I was starting to blog, I thought, well, I'll use this to promote my book. Little did I know, 10 years later, it would become like the, the face of my business. It would be the way I sold e-courses and online conferences and webinars and master classes and, and um, other books. So interesting. Okay, so uh, you decide to start this blog. I like it. Bec- I like the idea because you're a good writer and you want to use this skill. And um, when you started the blog, was it Wild Woman fundraising? Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. great. Okay, so then that's the question. Then what in the Wild Woman fundraising? Where did the name come from? What did it, What does it mean? <laughs> Are you wild and crazy? And you just decided to do this, this wild, crazy blog. Tell us a little more about this <laughs> naming process. Sure. Well, I was, I like alliteration because I majored in poetry. So alliteration is like when mm-hmm. words rhyme, right? Like www, whatever, you know, um, wild woman. Um, and for me, wild doesn't mean like dyeing your hair blue and sticking a <laughs> nose ring in your nose or jumping out of an airplane because anyone can do that. Um, wild for me means speaking your truth, even if your voice shakes. Ooh. And so for me, the blog was a place where I could speak the truth about the nonprofit sector and uh, encourage other people to speak their truth as well. Oh, wait, wait, say that again. Speaking your truth. That I, I think we need to yeah, really listen your to truth, that. Even if your voice shakes, even if your voice shakes. Um, so how does that relate to fundraising then? I mean, because I, I, I think I can see that connection, but what did that mean for you? Well, for me, I was seeing over and over again, fundraisers really um, being dragged through the street, used up and spit out by organizations. <laughs> and they were wasting so much money and time hiring people and doing that over and over again. And so for me, I wanted to make a place where people could be honest about what they were going through and hopefully help convince bosses to treat their workers better, as well as make a safe space where we could talk about this is what's really going on. So so fundraising, is it something that you were like tremendously excited and passionate about? Or is it kind of like the thing that you, you fell into because you were working for this organization? Well, I worked for other ones before this one. Um, I became tremendously passionate about fundraising because my family is all about helping other people. Mm -hmm. Some of them are doctors, some of them are dentists. Um, And I was really bad at math and science. Like I get a D in bio and an F in chemistry. So I knew I wasn't going to be able to follow in their footsteps, but I knew I wanted to do something to help the world. And then I went to Indonesia and I worked in a baby orphanage Mm. in Jakarta's poorest slums. And uh, I worked in some mobile health clinics. And that's where I wrote, wrote my first grant. And that's when I realized that, oh, I can use my writing to help other people. And that's what I want to do. So I came back home and learned everything I could about fundraising. And I was really excited about it. I mean, if you want to help the world, you got to have money to do it, Mm. right? So I was like, this is a way for us to get attention to these issues that are really, really important. Um, And then only later on did I realize as I worked full-time in fundraising after co-founding a nonprofit that 
sometimes the organizations that you work with aren't necessarily set up to help you succeed. Mm. All right. So you're, you're, you're starting this wild woman fundraising. Was that going to be in your mind? Was that going to be the title of your book? Yes. A Wild Woman's Guide to Fundraising. And it is the title of my book. There yes. you go. Awesome. Okay. So A Wild Woman's Guide to Fundraising. You decide to uh, start this blog. You know that uh, this is the book that you want to do. And how did it go in the be- No, actually before, how did it go? What did you do when you started the blog? Like what kind of content were you creating um, with, with regard to the topic of the blog? Can you talk a little bit about the beginning stages? Well, first of all, when was this and what did the beginning stages of content creation look like for you? I started it in October 2009 when I had just moved to Austin. And in the beginning, I just started writing hey, here's my blog. I'm going to talk about fundraising on it because I figured it was a really good way to promote my book. And so in 2010, after reading a bunch of books about blogging, um, I decided to start blogging five days a week. Oh, wow. And so I did. I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And at the end of um, 2010, I had finally finished my book. Um, And so then I was ready to like put it out to the world. Um, So yeah, in the first year of blogging, I just blogged a lot about fundraising 101. What is sponsorships? What are grants? What mm-hmm. is writing an appeal letter? What is writing a newsletter? What is writing in a, a fundraising plan? And so um, I would interview a couple people. I'd also started a nonprofit job club. And so I was able to interview people through that as well and start to do some presentations um, in Austin about fundraising. And so I would tell people to come to my presentations on my blog as well. So that's what I blogged about. Okay, so I, 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 gotta, I gotta unpack this a little bit because it sounded as if you said you were writing five days a week while writing a book. Yes. Now, was the book basically repurposing the content from the blog or was it unique content in the book plus writing five days a week on this blog? Yes, five days a week. And I had unique content for the book. Okay, so it sounds kind of insane. And I like it. (laughs) I see where the wild woman name comes from now. I get it. Okay, so so. Were you working a job at this time? No, I had, a, I had two years of unemployment. It was really, really nice. Okay, so two years of unemployment, working on this blog, um, five days a week, plus writing this book. How much time in the beginning do you think you're spending on, on, this, business, on this new business that you're building? I was writing all the time. I mean, on Fridays, I would give myself a break and just, you know, have something fun or funny. You know, uh-huh. I wouldn't always write a serious post. Um, so we call it like Fun Friday or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was, it must have been at least two hours a day, you know. Okay. And my blog posts weren't super long at that time. Now they're much longer. So. Okay, so two hours a day of writing. Um, uh, and is that basically it? You're spending two hours on your blog or um, you're spending two hours on writing and then other time on other things? So the way the book came together is I spent six weeks sitting in my bed, like just <laughs> looking over all of my notes because I knew if I like sat in front of the internet, I get distracted. Yeah, yeah. So I only spent six weeks in the book really. And then I had a friend edit it for me. Um, so that's that. So it, yeah, 
So it wasn't that, it wasn't like a, a full time job or anything of that sort. You're doing a few no. hours a day, but you were focused specifically on writing, whether it's blog content or the content for the book. Yes. Okay. So now you're you're writing this content. Are you doing anything to get exposure to this content? Are you, you know, using social media or other, you know, guest posting or anything else? What, what, how, how, how are you getting your first visitors to your blog? What I was doing was I was commenting on other people's blogs and I had a big list of blogs that I would comment on and I'd link back to my posts. Um, and that um, after I wrote my first book, I wrote a second book called The Wild Woman's Guide to Social Media where I taught people how I got my readers to my blog as well as how to blog and all that other stuff. So that came out in 2012. Uh So it's a little dated now, you know? Yeah. Um, um, But that really did help me get a lot of opportunities otherwise. So yeah, so I started commenting on other people's blogs. I um, started doing webinars for people, which really helped. Um, I started, uh, had a Twitter, I had LinkedIn, I didn't really use it to like drive people to my blog that much. Mm-hmm. I sometimes I would post in the groups, um, but I didn't, you know, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Um, and I had a Facebook, but I wasn't super interested in like driving people to my blog from there. I was mainly, mainly Twitter. Gotcha. Okay. So you're commenting on blogs. What kind of blogs are these? Are these nonprofit blogs? Mm-hmm. How, how did you decide what blogs you're going to comment on? Good question. Um, I looked at um, sort of like blog ranking sites and I decided these are the ones that have the most traffic and I'm going to comment on them. I mean, I knew who was famous in my field, Uh so I would comment on their blogs. um, But I also would just look around and see who has said something that I can link back to a post to. Also, a friend of mine told me to go to Yahoo Answers. So after a while, I started posting on Yahoo Answers because people would always have questions about fundraising. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I know. Who goes there now? Who knows? Right? Yeah, I know. But right? People do. People do. And they ask questions like, can I become a vampire? <laughs> Should I start drinking blood? No, I'm for serious, Leslie. Seriously. Like <laughs> no, I'm assuming those are not the posts that you're you're responding no, to. No, no, no. But nurses are answering them saying, Don't drink blood, it will make you sick. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. So you're, you're finding these blogs, you're looking for blogs in your niche that are, that, that seem to be getting a decent amount of traffic. And these are the ones that you are choosing to engage with. Yes. And then you're using Yahoo answers to go in there and answer uh, questions and then raising questions. Yep. Fundraising questions. Now, is, are these still strategies that you think work today? That's a good question. Um, because I have so many readers now and such a big email list, mm-hmm. um, I'm not really commenting on blogs anymore. And I'm not sure if I can speak to you if that works. Yeah, I feel like it probably would um, because people are still reading and commenting. Um, but I feel like podcasting is almost another way I would recommend. As you and I know, yep. Leslie, it's like it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Got it. Got it. Okay. Now, do you have a podcast? I do. You do have a podcast. T- tell us about the podcast really quick. Sure. It's called Name It. And what we talk about is the different ways that um, uh, the nonprofit sector reproduces the oppression of the dominant culture. And so we talk about the three pillars of white supremacy. Um, we talk about like sexism and racism and classism and uh, hegemonic masculinity. And we always have guests to talk about it because we are just learning. Yeah. So 
that's what we do. Very and it's a very, very new podcast. I think we have like seven episodes. So oh, cool. you're way granddaddy podcast us. <laughs> hey, it's all, we all got to start somewhere, right? Yes. So that's awesome. Okay. So you're, 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 you're creating this content. You're doing these things to try to get exposure and so on. Um, how long did it take you to, to decide, hey, this is something, I mean, well, uh, how long did it take you to decide we're, we're going to start monetizing this? Mm, oh, I wanted to monetize it right away because I was on <laughs> unemployment. So I was already, before I even started, thinking about how to sell my book. Got it. So that was the first thing I wanted to do. But then in year two, I realized that I could use it to sell webinars. And I started selling webinars on my blog. Um, and I realized I could also use it as a platform to speak. And so I started thinking about how could I do that as well. And then I realized that I was learning so much blogging that I really wanted to write another book about how to blog and how to monetize your blog. And so then I started writing that book and started experimenting with that too. Okay, so you, you mentioned webinars twice. Um, first, when we spoke mm -hmm. about uh, traffic, you said you were doing webinars for people and now you're saying you're, you, you started selling your own webinars on your blog. Let's talk about the first one really quick. You're doing webinars for people. How did that work? Like what, what, what were you actually doing? Who are these people? What were mm -hmm. they about? Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, uh, a person I met through Twitter told me she was starting to do webinars for this guy and that maybe I would want to do them too. And I said, yeah. So I reached out to him and then he started teaching me how to teach webinars and hmm. teaching people online is way different than teaching people offline. Yeah. So, um, I started learning from him what would make a good webinar, how to like pack it full of useful content, how to like add things in so people would feel like they had like not wasted their time, like make checklists and worksheets and uh -huh. things like that. And, um, that uh, exposed me to tons and tons of people because he was doing tons and tons of ads and we would get like a thousand people signed up on a webinar and he'd be like 500 show up, you know? Got it. Got it. Okay. So this was a, when you were doing these webinars, was it to promote his business? Was, I mean, his nonprofit or. Like oh, he, he had a for-profit business. Okay. And so um, I would be just teaching and he would be paying me to teach essentially um, a teaching fundraising. Gotcha. And, um, and so I'll be promoting my business and partially his business too. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. So you're, you're kind of collaborating with him. He's, he's obviously um, doing this to make money for his business, but you're getting exposure to that audience. If you have, how, how, how often were you doing these webinars, by the way? In the beginning, it was once a month. Okay. And by the end of, uh, pardon me, it was once a week. Got, oh, okay. Okay. So you're, you're getting exposure to an odd, an, a new audience every time you do these webinars how how are you leveraging that like are you saying at the end of the webinar hey you can check me out over here or is it because you you are being mentioned in the beginning so some people would go and check you out how, how was that how did that work out yeah well i didn't get the names for any of those people i didn't get their email addresses but i just said yeah here's my here's who i am here's this useful content and then also um at the end if you want to hang out with me on my website here's my blog Awesome. Okay. I, yeah, so what I love about that is because I've, I've done something similar, similar to that. I work for social media examiner and I'm, I'm the head of training. So I work with, uh, 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 I host the webinars basically. And every time I do that, I do get exposure to the people that are a part of that community. So that definitely helps, uh, to kind of 
raise your uh, I, I don't know what I want to say R- raise your visibility increase your visibility and get some people to come back to your stuff and what you're doing so that's really cool but that was in a completely separate space though right it, well it was fundraising but yeah oh okay cool awesome yeah all, yeah. all right. So you're doing these webinars. You're commenting on blogs. You're using social media, primarily Twitter. Um, what are you doing on Twitter to get exposure to your content back then? Oh, I was just doing something really basic, like taking a quote from a blog post and then posting a link to the blog post. I wasn't doing anything super special like people do now and like that I also do now, which is like posting pictures, posting little video snippets, like you can do so much more than you used to be able to do. Gotcha. Okay. So you, you're doing all of these different things. You're creating a bunch of content. Um, mm-hmm. If you were to say where most of your traffic was coming from, was it, especially in, in the, you know, earlier days, was it primarily like social, I mean, um, search engine traffic, or is it uh, kind of like an equal combination of anything? You have any thoughts on that? Mm, I feel like, in 2010 and 11, you know, when my blog was really starting to pick up steam, there wasn't a ton of resources online about fundraising that were fun. Mm-hmm. And so I decided in the middle of 2010 to start making a newsletter, an e-newsletter, which I always saw a spike in my traffic every time I did that. And so that's still why I say today, your e-newsletter is gold. And it's your best source of traffic. And if you can build up your newsletter, and I would always try to have like free things on my blog to entice people to sign up, um, it would be that's the best. Got it. Yeah, that email. I always say your email list is like one of your 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 most valuable assets as a blogger, as an online business owner, or anything of that sort. It's such an important part of the process. Can you talk to me a little bit about how your blog has grown, so people can get an idea for the scale of where things are? Yeah, sure. Um, so my blog grew from exactly zero <laughs> to um over 50,000 monthly readers. And I've had millions and millions of people read my blog at this point. Um, I'm looking at my traffic stats and it's really exciting to me to think that I have helped at least, even if a lot of them are bots, like (laughs) hundreds of thousands of people fundraise. I am sure that I have. And even if it's just, they read one post and they never came, like they went away. People have told me they've taken like three of my blog posts and written a news, like an, like an appeal letter that has made them like $30,000 more than they made the previous year. Oh, man. So it really works. And then, um, for me, like, I feel like today having sold so much through my blog and had so many experiences, um, I'm just really grateful that, uh, I've gotten to do all of this and it's still the internet's changing, you know? So we still always, as you know, at social media examiner have to think of new ways to engage our audience. And what we're coming back to is personalization. So now I'm sending personalized emails to people asking them if they'd like to have a phone call with me and talk about um, what they're working on and doing research on nonprofit leaders and seeing what their problems are. I absolutely love that. Okay. So I'm now I'm curious uh, you are on unemployment. You started this blog, focusing on fundraising, selling the books, doing the webinars, doing the courses, doing all the things that you're doing. Did you ever go back and get a job or did you continue just with this blog and with this business that you built? 
Well, in unemployment, you have to apply for work every single week and you have to prove that. So I kept trying to get a job over mm. and over and over again and I uh, couldn't get hired. Hmm. It just, yeah. So for two years, I tried to get a job and I couldn't. And I was like, screw it. I'm just going to work for myself. And I've, you know, had some regrets in that it's not a super stable income. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I am time rich and that makes me feel really good. So if you had to do it over again, um, would you go the same route? I mean, because okay, you know, a lot of people look at people like you, people like me um, that are doing these things online and they don't see as many of the downs because, you know, we share a lot of the positives and sometimes we don't share some of the struggles that we're dealing with. So it is it is a journey of ups and downs and hills and valleys and all that good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think a lot of people really see the challenges that come along with it. So for you, with all these challenges, was it worth it? Yeah. it was worth it. I mean, the friends I've made, the business I've built, the relationships I have now would never have come without blogging. It was the keystone for my business. And now, you know, I know that like, whether or not someone engages on the blog, if they leave a comment or if, uh, I mean, you have to go out and keep making opportunities for yourself every single day. And the blog is just one way to do that. But it was in the beginning, an extremely powerful way for me to start to help create a community around Mm -hmm. the thing we all care about, which is making the world a better place. I absolutely love that. Okay. Now I want to switch gears a little bit because you, I have an expert on fundraising on the line with me and there are people in my audience that are part of nonprofit organizations or they have a nonprofit organization and they, they've been hearing about blogging. They love blogging. Maybe they are blogging, but they want to know how to use their blog to raise more funds for their nonprofit organization. If I am that person in that position, where do I start? Start. Just kind of take us on this journey to go from I'm confused and I don't know how to get this all done. And now I have a good, solid plan for growing my organization so that I can do good in the world like so many people that you've helped. Where do we start? That's a good question. Um, So Beth Cantor actually is a person who's written about nonprofit blogging and written about that very successfully. I'd highly encourage people to check out her books. Um, can you say that name I, again, Beth Cantor? Yeah, Beth Cantor, K-A-N-T-E-R. Okay. Um, so I also have a book, but it's more about business blogging. It is about nonprofit blogging. Yep. Um, so uh, she has really good examples in her book and on her website about nonprofits that have been successful in blogging and gotten more donations with it. I've also written an e-course about um, blogging called Charity Blogging Gold, which talks about how you can do it. Um, but in a nutshell... Uh, the principles are roughly the same as for business blogging because nonprofits are businesses. So um, I encourage people to think about every single question a person could have before they come to your website and endeavor to um, speak to people at the, the most basic level. So for example, somebody who does really well with this is the Livestrong Foundation, and they have a content marketing engine that is quite impressive. Um, 
usually people come to them because they have cancer or their loved one has cancer. So they have a whole section of their website just dedicated to what to do when you're first diagnosed, how to support a loved one. And then it goes into, here's how we can support you. Would you like to talk to a live peer support person? Um, and so they have people standing by ready to chat with people who are in a very scared place. And then it creates an incredible um, legion of donors for them. People who are like, wow, you helped me in my hour of need and now I want to help you. I absolutely love this. Let's let's right now create a fictitious nonprofit organization and mm-hmm. we're going we're, to we're going to go on this journey kind of similar to what you're talking about. So what what's an idea for a a, a good nonprofit? Well, I mean most nonprofits. What's the cause that you care about, Leslie? Do you care about education? What's oh, your absolutely. Okay, so let's say I care about education specifically mm-hmm. for uh uh young kids. Mm-hmm. that are growing up in this crazy world dominated by everything that takes you away from real life interaction as much as i love it uh, as much as i love social media and technology and all that good stuff let's say my passion is to help kids experience the world by actually touching it yes so that good. is what i'm passionate about I am starting a nonprofit organization that focuses on helping young, maybe underprivileged um, kids have those real experiences that can make them better people in society, however you want to say that. But let's say that's the focus for my nonprofit organization. Okay, let's whittle it down a little bit more specifically to um, you want to help kids get off the Internet and into the real world and having fun. Oh, man. That, that's perfect. Okay, yeah, okay. let's let's go with that. <laughs> okay, so do you want to get them outside? Do you want to get them in the woods? Do you want to get them just interacting with each other? Like, is there anything else? Any other details? Do you want to like help them just build social skills? Like, I want to help them build social skills that will help prepare them for you know when they have to actually go out and engage with people in the workforce. Let's go with that. Okay, so. It sounds kind of like a program where they could be engaging with each other, but also engaging with people in the workforce to see like kind of what jobs they might want to do someday. Um, So it could be kind of like a mentoring program. Um, So that would make a really good case for you immediately getting sponsorship from corporations that want to get more kids interested in their field. So um the way I would work this is make a website, obviously um, make a brochure too to take to people and start doing speaking engagements at these organizations um, and start talking to them about, hey, do you want people interested in aerospace? Do you want people interested in, I don't know, engineering, right? Um, we want to help kids get interested in this. Would you like to come and talk about what we do at a, at a school and then like have like one day a week where a kid job shadows you? Um, and so if they want this and i'm sure they do a lot of people can't wait to talk about what they do and they love what they do um then your website should look like um hey are you interested in helping kids um look at the world outside of school help prepare them for a brighter future um then here's some things you can do and you can give them like two or three little little things like sign a petition or you know tips to get their own kids outside and then you could say, you could also become a mentor. And this is like a deeper step for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So you slowly ask them, you know, these leading questions to get them to where you want them to go. Like, yeah, I would love to help a kid learn about why 
um, architecture is so exciting and give them a chance to come on one day from school and just explore what I do all day and see if that's something they want to do. And, um, and then they can, the kids can just keep going with that, you so, know? So I, I the, this, there's a lot in that, and I, I really like that idea. So it, it's almost as if, okay, there's the part of your blog, your website that is like the brochure, right? And it mm -hmm. highlights um, your offerings and, and the, the, what you are trying to accomplish and how you're trying to help these kids in, in, in particular and how these organizations can be a part of it. So there's that part of the website. And then there's obviously the blogging part, which is, you know, you got to think about your content strategy. So let's maybe break it down into those two things. Mm -hmm. Because, sure. yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So if you want to have content strategy around this, I would have the kids have little videos about what they learned when they stepped outside of their screen. Um, and then, you know, you could have like a little interview style, like five or 10 minute videos with the kids saying, I liked this about this program, or I learned that about this program, and now I want to try being a doctor, or now I'm interested in becoming um, a veterinarian, or whatever it is. Uh, and then you could also have parents in videos or stories with their kids talking about, this could be your content strategy, uh -huh. um, what the changes they noticed in their kids after they had had like a few mentoring days with people. And then you could also have stories from corporations and people who work there saying, wow, this is so great. Now we have a pipeline of interns going into our organization and we're so excited to um, have a way to get people excited about science or whatever the organization is based around. Um, and so it creates a potential group for the of new workers for them or maybe they'll like endow a scholarship through your organization to help kids major in the thing they need to major in. Um, you know, and then that's some content you can use. So it's just basically testimonials, right? Yeah. Because that's what people believe about you is they believe more other people say about you than what you say about you. Um, and then, you know, you can just write stories from programs as blog posts. Um, I mean, videos are really hot right now. And um, I talk with a woman who's a content strategist for um, uh, Latinx uh, people. And she's like, video is what people really respond to in my community. Um, so I would, I would encourage people to go with that. Um, as a content strategy. And then you can have little clips of that from onto, onto Twitter um, or Facebook or, or Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever you want to do. Um, but ultimately, um, other content strategy you could use would be, you know, just the writing about your volunteers, you know, and that's something else. The more you highlight a certain kind of person in your nonprofit communications, the more that kind of person is going to come to you. So you can even highlight a major donor once you get them. Like, oh my gosh, this person believed in us so much. They started to sit on our board. They gave us $50,000. You know, they believe that what we're doing really helps. I absolutely, like I'm taking copious notes right now. So, oh, you are? Yeah, Excellent. Yeah, yeah. so I'm, 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 I'm hearing a number of things. I'm hearing you want to be sharing stories. You want to be sharing testimonials in terms of people that had different experiences. You want to um, use video. I think that is huge. Whether you're in the nonprofit sector or not, video is what is hot right now. So you want to take advantage of that. You want to be highlighting the people that are working, I mean, working in in, in the organization, the volunteers. You want to highlight the type of people that you are trying to attract and share their stories because the more you share those kinds of stories, the more of those kinds of people you're going to be attracting. Boom. 
I absolutely love this. Okay, so that is the content strategy. And then, of course, from there, as you said, you can take you know little snippets from from the the content that you're publishing on your blog and share it to social whether you're sharing it on instagram or facebook or whatever the case might be um you have now a lot of content ideas you know what i'm not hearing from you and i'm actually glad i'm not hearing from you you're not with the content strategy it didn't seem as if you were focusing on hey this is how much money we want to raise Hey, this is, you know, um, uh, how you can donate. There's the part of the website that does that. But for the content strategy itself, it's sharing stories. It's answering questions. It is, it, it is providing resources for the people that you are trying to attract. And I absolutely love that. Yeah. U- ultimately, if you're going to run a campaign, that's a whole other ball of wax. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. Okay, so... That's that's part of the content strategy. Anything else you, you think we need to cover where the content strategy is concerned? There's another book that I'd highly recommend nonprofits read, and it's called The Storytelling Nonprofit by Vanessa Chase. Oh. Um, that one is really good if you want to learn how to tell better stories for your nonprofit. And you need to do that if you want to get people to care about your cause in any way. Awesome. I love that. Okay. So that is the content strategy. Uh, And we spoke briefly about, you know, some of the things that you want to have on your website to kind of get to the money. Let's break that down a little bit. How do we go from that content strategy of um, highlighting the people that we are trying to attract? But then now, obviously, we got to make money. This is how we are able to have the best impact. So how do we go from casual visitor to donor or to volunteer or to supporter in whatever um, aspect they can contribute? Um, That's running a campaign. Um, Usually you'd run a campaign in the spring and the fall um, to get people on your website and off your website to give. Um, I, uh, but in general, if you're just going to have a donate button on your page, I'd highly encourage people to look at plannedparenthood.org or the ACLU to see how they do their donate page, because I think it's done really well. If you can put everything they need above the fold, um, on the website, that means without them having to scroll, uh, you'll be able to get donations a lot faster. Um, just quickly telling a story or having a little video and then, um, having just all the material right there on the donate page. Okay, so having a good donate page for general, hey, whenever you want to um, uh, donate, you can do that. Um, you, 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 you can check out some of these resources. Now, I know some people are going to be listening to this and they'll be like, oh, she said Planned Parenthood or she says something, some organization that I don't necessarily care about. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the strategies that they're using that you can find value in. So having the donate button at the top of the page, using video to kind of feature what exactly they're donating to and all of that good stuff, and then doing your campaigns in the spring and fall. What do these campaigns look like done effectively for someone that's doing it online? I could spend three hours just telling you about that. <laughs> um, and I could spend three hours telling you about an effective website as well, So um, and effective vlogging. So I'll do my best to give it to you in a nutshell. Yep. Um, so you don't have a lot of time left here. Um, but in a nutshell... Uh, Online campaigns are comprised of your website content, obviously, um, blog posts around that content, emails around that content, uh, 
a clear action that you want people to take, a reason why they should act now. The urgency is really important. Um, what will happen if they don't act now? Do they know the consequences of not giving? Think about how you want them to feel. Um, and maybe you want them to feel angry. Maybe you want them to feel um, like urgent or sad or you want them to feel like they need to do something now about this problem. And um, you could also want them to feel happy that you've already accomplished so much and they wanna help you accomplish more. So um, those are some things to think about. Um, but online campaigns versus offline campaigns, like you usually have offline components as well, like an appeal letter. Um, and that will be a physical mail that you would send to people. Um, so, and then you might also wanna have sort of like media coverage that includes you know, some of the messaging you're trying to put out in your campaign. Awesome. Absolutely love it. You have a new book. Tell us about that. Tell us about anything you got going on that you want people to check out. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So um, my book is called Get the Job, Your Fundraising Career Empowerment Guide. So if you're a nonprofiteer listening and you want to learn more about how to get a better fundraising job or how to get a better job in general, um, that book will really help you. And um, you can get it on the website, wildwindfundraising.com or on Amazon. Well, Mazarin, thank you so much for just providing so much of value. This was awesome. And I know anyone that is a part of a nonprofit, they're, they're blogging, they're, they're, they're trying to make some money for their nonprofit, they're going to find tremendous value in this episode. So thank you so much. Thank you, Leslie. It was wonderful to be here with you. Awesome. Hey, guys, you want to check out more of what, what Mazarin has going on, head on over to wildwomanfundraising.com. I hope you got a lot of value from this episode. Uh, this was episode number 354. If you want the show notes, which I know you do, head on over to becomeablogger.com slash 354 and get access to that. As any of the resources that she mentioned, you know, if you were driving in your car, I hope you didn't, you weren't taking notes. Don't worry, we've got you covered. Becomeablogger.com slash 354. For one simple call to action for you today if you want to get your blog started but you need help you need support you need someone to hold your hand and guide you through the process i know just the guy for you he has this thing it's called from idea to blog i think his name is leslie samuel <laughs> you can check it out at from idea to blog.com so that's from idea to blog.com head on over there and let's get this party started that's it for now this is leslie samuel here from becomeablogger.com where as usual we're changing the world one blog at a time and until next time take care and god bless Three, five.